Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Dave, I think we've squeezed you slightly with time, so we've given you a challenge. Um, but I know you enjoy a challenge. So um, the children have gone out uh, whilst, we've, uh, whilst we've been worshipping. And uh, Lord, we want to uh, pray for them that actually they will continue to meet with you um, as they are together this morning. And Lord, as we um, stop with our singing, um, we don't want to step out of your presence. So that as uh, Dave brings uh, the word that you have given him to share with us, we pray that we would continue to be impacted uh, by your Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Uh, It happens sometimes, doesn't it, that uh, what you're going to say has been prophesied before. And that is very much... The, uh, the occurrence this morning, um, particularly Paul's word, wherever Paul there, just, but many, many. I, I want to talk about, I want to grasp a, a rather difficult nettle, I suppose, and that is uh, bringing hope in times of suffering. The New King, or no, the King James Version in Proverbs says, without vision, people perish. And uh, I hope that this talk will actually bring some vision for you for the times that we are in and the times we are going to come into. Um, but that, that King James Version is a very old version. In modern translations, it says Revelation. The revelation of God uh, helps people uh, in these times. It brings vision. And we need, and I think that's been very much the prophetic word, is there's revelation to be had. There is pressing in to receive that revelation of what God can do for us. I think uh, we can quite honestly say that um, the whole world has been undergoing a degree of suffering, particularly in the last two years. You know, there are sometimes uh, we go through life and it's relatively easy. But I think the whole world has been uh, struggling with the, with the pandemic. And some will have had more struggles than others, of course. You know, the fact that we have been deprived of those relationships uh, deprived of incomes for people deprived of hugs that has been a really difficult thing and it still is isn't it and yet there are people who have also lost their loved ones struggling with their health at these times struggling with God's provision or provision for living so it's a difficult time so I want to I hope come with a somewhat a pastoral heart, Pamela. <laughs> uh, if I say things wrong, please don't mishear you, hear me. I want to say this 
to challenge you, but equally it's coming, I hope, from a heart of love. That's my cop-out for everything, isn't it? Uh, Maria, can I have that scripture up, please? So this is Romans 1. So it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory and we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they can help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And during these times of difficulty it is an opportunity for us to grow. And that might sound really crass and difficult. But I'm encouraging you to look at it that way. There are times when it is very hard. I'll just give you a little uh, personal stories. Um, some of you don't know me, but uh, back in 2004, I was made redundant. It was because of the world, um, or certainly the UK, was stopping... Uh, encouraging investment in manufacturing and I sell machines. So there were no machines to sell at that time for some, for some years. So I was made redundant. And then I got another job and I was made redundant again. It was a, I won't go into the details of that, but it was a hard time. There was, there was, it wasn't my fault. And I used to say to people, I don't know if I am ACAN or if I am Job. Now, Achan was somebody who sinned, who, was, who lied to God, and God struck him down. And I felt, you know, is there something I've done wrong? Or am I like Job? If you know the story of Job, Job was a good man. He'd done nothing wrong, and yet he lost everything. You know, I was... I was given a lot of money when I was made redundant the first time. But then I got made redundant again. So all that money just disappeared in just living. I didn't, we didn't have anything. We used to look at sofas and think of them as ATMs because we could look down the back of the sofa and find a few pennies. And sometimes it was like that. It was, it was hard. But actually, I, I've, what has provoked me to, to speak this morning... Uh, was the fact that God brought me back to that. And, you know, that's, that's a long time ago. And he said, no, remember the story of Joseph. And the, the story of Joseph is that he was a bit cocky. He had this dream, didn't he, if you know the story. He had a dream that his brothers, because he was the youngest child, his brothers would bow down to him and uh, and... and 
look to him and almost worship him. And he told his older brothers this, and they were very alpha male. They're like, yeah, sure, you little squirt. We're going to, uh, we're going to make sure that uh, you're going to learn this. So they sell him into, into slavery. They pretend that he's died to their, to their father, but they sell him off into slavery. And he gets taken away, and he gets... Uh, he ends up in the in in the um, Potiphar's court, um, household, and he's a, he's doing a very good job. And then Potiphar's wife tries to um, seduce him and insists that he sleeps with her. And in the end, he runs away. It's he, he runs away from that sin, knowing that he would it would be completely wrong. And yet she then turns it round to blame him. He'd done nothing wrong. But what does he learn through that? He then gets put in prison as a result. And he's there for a long time. He's always, wherever he goes, he's learning something. And he's blessing people. Even though he's in a place that he's, where he has not done anything wrong. But he did start off as a rather arrogant, cocky lad. I would say oh, that was certainly me. Probably still is, to a degree. Leslie calls it arrogance, I call it self, self-confidence. But, but we have to learn to, t- to chip those edges off our, the wrong parts of our character. And in the end, the story with with Joseph is that he comes back uh, uh, he, he's, he's brought back into the, the, the king's uh, court because of dreams that he's had and he's interpreted these things and the king puts him in charge of the whole of Egypt and the famine that is, that is there and he administers it because the the king sees, or the pharaoh sees that he has got wisdom. Wisdom that he has learnt in adversity during those trials, during that suffering. But also that God is with him. And then eventually his brothers do turn up and uh, they, they, um, they are fearful of this man because they don't recognise him. And eventually he, re- he reveals himself to them as, as his brother. And they are afraid because they knew what they did to him. But this is the, this is the point of that. At that point, if we can have that, that scripture from, from Genesis. It says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me into this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So be reassured that by speaking kindly to them. This is the point. It was intended to be harmful to him. But God turned it for good. I would say when there were difficulties that I was going through, not, not job and finances. That was 
relatively easy. It was not, it was not that great. But there are other things in life, particularly in our family, that were really very hard at the same time, probably over about 10 years. And it felt as if Satan was in your grill, as they say, right in my face. So when I wanted to try and pray, it was hard. Not just hard, it was dead. It was, there was nothing there. I would, it would be like that deadness was right in my face when I tried to pray. There was nothing there. But the point is I had to come back to a place where I knew that God loved me. When I knew and declared again, God, you love me, Satan flee, flees from you at that point. And the revelation I want to put over this morning is not the sort of, it is that God loves you. It's so easy to say that. But when you're going through trials, that is when you find that. And that is where you have to declare it. Even when you don't feel it. That God loves you. And as you declare that, God will reveal that his love. He will help you. He will help you press through uh, in that place. Just saying, look, I've, I love God so much. You know, why doesn't he do these things for me? That's, that's one thing, but it's not enough. It is, we love God because he first loved us. Build your foundations on the fact that he loves you and he loves you first. And when you are going through those ridiculously difficult times of grieving, financial difficulty, anxiety. God loves you. That is the place where you start and declare that. You have to press through. When we were, were praying before, uh, I, I, I had a picture very similar to, to Helen's. Uh, we have a nice new uh, bathroom and a new sink and it's got one of those fancy plugs where you press it down and it stays there and I, I shave and then when I want to you know, wash, clear, clear the water out that plug doesn't blooming well come up I don't know if anyone else has got one of those plugs yep, Charlotte's nodding you know and, I, and sometimes it will pop up first time other times I have to press it down and release it. No, and it can take a dozen pressings. And I felt God say to us, or to me in, in, the, in the, the prayer meeting, people are, are full of anxiety. They're full of anxiety. And you need to press down on that plug. Keep pressing down. Keep pressing into his love. It will pop up and the anxiety will drain away from you and you can clean things up. It's really important. God is speaking to us about this. 
Build your life on God's love, not on your ministry, on what you have done, what you can do. It's Jesus plus nothing, as Neil and I particularly bang on about. It is Jesus plus nothing. His love that he went to the cross for us that is our foundation. And when you are going through suffering times, come back to that point. I know Jesus loves me. And it will feel as if it is painful and dead. But you have to keep pressing through. Read your Bible and declare it until you get to that point where your heart catches up with your mind. And it is hard. It's not easy. But you have to learn to do that. Declare that God loves you, even at the times when it feels like he doesn't. Where are you, God? Where are you in this? The answer is, he still loves you. He still loves you. And God wants to deal with, with that anxiety. Can we just go back to that scripture in Romans, please? Maria. Let's go and look at this again and then I shall conclude. Because I want us to press down on that, that plug hole <laughs> and see it rise. This is a time to be prepared to have that revelation of God. To experience his love and press through on it. So let's read this again. Yes, I can read it from there. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. So that is by saying, Jesus, you have died for me because you love me. And you've loved me from the beginning of time. That's what you are putting your faith in. That he died for you. He paid for your sins. We're all sinners, but we are saved by his grace unconditionally and we are chosen by him we are adopted into his family and he will love you more than you can ever love him and more than you can ever imagine so we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us and because of our faith Jesus has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. That's the, that's the gospel message, isn't it? It's that he loved us first by dying on the cross. But even before that, he knew us from the beginning of time, as it says in Ephesians. Uh, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. 
I could tart up the talk even more, but in the end, we need that revelation, don't we? It's by the Holy Spirit. It is by his revelation that we don't lose our vision. Sometimes we can just feel that, you know, why? We've done a lot for God. He should come and bless us. Start from the point of the fact that he loves us first. And he will bless you. And you just have to press through. And that is, get people to stand with you. That's my other pastoral point. I had people, obviously my family stood with me. They were a great blessing. I, I made some, you know, I made some real messes. What I learnt was that even though that I had done nothing wrong, what those circumstances revealed was that my procrastination was a bigger problem than I thought. And Leslie would tell you that. My procrastination meant that I didn't deal with our finances properly. It meant that we had, it was very difficult and humiliating, particularly for Leslie at times. That was my fault because I hadn't dealt with my procrastination. I procrastinated about my procrastination. But the difficult times challenged me and it meant that I couldn't get away from from that. I had to deal with it. I had to face it. Leslie stepped in and helped me. She loves me that much that she helped me. And it was also serious for us. And then after about a year, I'd got to a point where I had dealt with that and I could deal with our finances properly. I I would not put off paying that bill or dealing with that difficulty. I would do it immediately. I still do that. So I, I, I have to deal, do things immediately. Otherwise, it, it, it gets forgotten about. So that's part of my, my way that I deal with things. If something comes on my desk at work or a letter comes through, a bill comes through, I deal with it. That's just my experience. You will have different experiences. But that is what I learned during that difficult time. That... Unemployment wasn't the difficulty. It was exposing the weaknesses of my character. And I had to deal with it. But I had to know that God loved me to be able to be confident to go on the slide and let go and say, yes, I'm, I'm, going, to be, I'm going to allow God to come and help me on this. But I have to do my part too. It's not Kesarah Sarah. You know, it's not whatever will be will be. You know, I am not Doris Day. You know, you perhaps it's the blonde wig I should <laughs> remember, you are not Doris Day if you think whatever will be will be. Remember that. It is God's love for us. So my encouragement to you is you may well be feeling that you are going through a very difficult time. Some more difficult than others. Look back, step back and go, 
what is God teaching me? Because one of the things that God said to me this week was, uh, yes, this week was, are you, have you given up changing? I changed a lot over certain years and now I've kind of plateaued. Am I happy to be plateauing and not becoming more and more like Christ? The challenge was that and my answer has to be, no, I'm not happy with plateauing. I want to be more like you, Jesus. And I start from the point of knowing that Jesus loves me. That's where I start from. And I ask him to come and show me the areas where I need to change. Knowing that he comes not with a harsh stick, but with a, uh, an encouragement of love for me to be changed. So if we can, I know we're running over time, but can we, can we just come back? <clears throat> and let us, I don't know, seriously. Should we do that last song again? I can't. Yeah, that'd be great. Should we just stand, please? Yes, Lord. <clears throat> I particularly, I particularly want to uh, encourage anybody who is feeling anxious, is feeling fearful. Offer that up to Him and say, Lord, I, I know You love me. Please come and show, show me. Bring your revelation. I need more by your spirit. I need that peace. And it may be like my press down plug. It maybe you've got to press down several times to allow that anxiety to drain away. But I'm encouraging you to do it. It will happen. It will bless you. It will set you free from that anxiety. So Lord, I just pray, come. Holy Spirit, come. Bring your peace. And I pray, Lord God, that you will reveal your love. Lord, reveal your love for us, Lord, by the presence of God. Come. Your presence has been a great gift to us. We can come into your presence, Lord. But when we come to your presence, will you reveal your love for us, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen.